<laughs> That's right. <laughs> Something like that. No, but um, it's funny that you say that because so the other day, um, you know, you ever ask a question and you kind of realize that, that you may not really be ready for the answer. And so, um, so I was talking with my wife the other day and, and after hearing something that was encouraging, I was like, hey, babe. Um, I just kind of turned and asked her, am, am I an encourager? And, and she quickly responded. She said, no, <laughs> you're not. She's like, I don't, I don't come to you for encouragement. And I'm like, kind of thinking like in that moment, I'm like, you know, I don't know if you're that encouraging either right now. Um, but she, she helped me out a little bit. She helped me out. She, she was like, you know, um, but if I want to know the truth, I come to you for that, and I'm encouraged in that. And so, um, you know, after this message, if you don't feel encouraged, um, I hope that you will receive truth that you may find encouragement in. Um, <laughs> so, that's that's awesome. Um, anyway, you know, uh, you know, as we kind of been talking about and discussing, you know, we all know that um, our time at PIC will eventually come to an end. And you know, I've kind of been thinking a lot about what happens. Um, or, you know, kind of like what should happen during a sending out or dispersion or whatever you call it. Um, and and kind of like with that, how should we approach a, a, a new group of believers, a new church that we're added to, or, um, and, and just kind of like what we should be committed to. And so I believe that looking at uh, the story of a man named Stephen, um, not that Stephen, not Pastor Stephen, or that one back there, um, but the one in Acts, chapters uh, 6 um, through 8, verse 4, kind of gives us some insights on what that should look like, um, kind of what we should be dedicated to, what we should be committed to, and um, I believe that there's a lot there. And so this is kind of lessons from Stephen, um, you know, in, in those chapters in Acts. And, and I kind of have four major points that I kind of want to talk about and um, kind of with these lessons, and I kind of frame them in, in kind of terms of commitments, what we should be dedicated to, because that's kind of what I believe, kind of what I got from that. And um, The first is unity in the church. Um, the next is being committed to service, um, committed to learning the word of God, and then finally committed to spreading the word of God, and we'll kind of go through that. And so, you know, before we delve right into it, um, just a little bit of real brief background on Acts. So, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, it was written by Luke sometime after the Gospel of Luke, and it kind of deals with the ministries of the apostle after the crucifixion. And um, in Acts chapters 1 through 5, you just kind of, you know, the church is just going through this massive, just explosive growth, right? Thousands of people are being added, you know, to the church at any given time, and there are just many signs and wonders being performed. Um, but that doesn't mean that everything was perfect. There were some problems, right? The the leaders were constantly dealing with um, persecution, being arrested, jailed for their faith. Um, there was internal sin in the church. You know, the, the story of Ananias and Sapphira is kind of, you know, one that comes to mind where they were dishonest about giving it all to the church. And you know, we talked about that recently. Um, you know, there were more rounds of arrest, more rounds of persecution, all that, that kind of happens. So that's kind of the backdrop before... Um, you know, where Acts kind of chapter 6 picks up from, and it kind of opens with, uh, 
you know, it, and it's, it's kind of small. It's easy to miss if you're just kind of reading through it. But it opens with a, a pretty big problem in the church that's really a strong challenge to the church itself and, and unity in the body. And so the church leaders kind of recognize that there's this problem, administrative problem, and address it. And, and so then it kind of focuses after that on, on Stephen, who ultimately becomes the first um, martyr in the early church. And, and so... The Greek word for martyr, and maybe you can, if I say this wrong, please correct me, martis, it's really close to the word martyr. Um, and that was, um, and it was actually the Greek word for witness. And so um, that word martis became associated with witnessing to the point of death, um, which is the origin of the word martyr. Um, and so after that, we'll briefly touch on kind of the, the aftermath of Stephen's death. So just again, you know, the four major points, um, unity in the church, um, commitment to service, commitment to learning the word of God, and committed to spreading the word of God. So um, I'll be reading some out of the ESV, so it might be slightly different from what's on the screen, so just be aware of that. And I'm going to read Acts chapters 6, 1 through 10, and we're going to go back through it and kind of dissect it some. So starting in verse 1. Now on these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicor, and Timon, and Parmenius and Nicholas, a proselyte of, the, of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians, And those from Sicilia and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen, but they cannot withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. All right, so we're going to go back to um, the first verse. I just want to have everything in context, uh, Acts chapter 6, verses 1. And we're going to go through our first point, being committed to unity. Um, So I'm going to read, yeah, from, from from the ESV. So now in the days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows um, were being neglected in the daily distribution. And so, of course, the, the part where we, it talks about when the disciples were increasing in, in number um, was during a time of just this rapid church growth, right? The church is quickly expanding. Um, and the part that's pretty interesting is that there were some like different ethnicities within this group, right? So you had the Hellenists whose primary language was Greek. They were from the diaspora, this, this dispersed Jews. Um, they were living outside of Palestine. Um, you, you also had the Hebrews. They were, you know, the native Palestinian Jews who spoke Arabic as their primary language. Um, and so you had these two groups that were from slightly different areas that, that spoke some differences in language. They had a, had a different history. Um, many su- scholars suggest that kind of this point with the daily distribution was really just more of the tip of the iceberg. There was a lot more there that, that wasn't necessarily explained 
I'm in these chapters, but there was, right? And so, um, you know, again, it, it kind of says that this complaint kind of rose up because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And some scholars kind of say that this complaint is really more of like a grumbling that kind of arose um, from the people and kind of started with the margins of people that were, you know, kind of upset about how this was happening, how this was occurring. And so this problem, you know, as it's kind of described, um, you know, was like a people group to people group kind of deal. Um, you know, it was the, the Hellenist against the Hebrews, not necessarily a particular leader, right? It wasn't Brandon is upset with Stephen or Stephen is upset with Craig. Um, you know, it's more akin to, you know, blacks being upset with whites, whites upset with Hispanics, Hispanics upset with blacks, however you want to kind of frame this. Um, and so, the, you know, the problem wasn't taken to somebody who could, you know, necessarily just directly do something about it. Um, it kind of suggests, again, that groundswell of activity, possible gossip, et cetera. Um, and the problem was real, though, right? There was, it was real, and there was a real administrative solution that was used to correct it. And so, you know, we kind of, you know, we have to be careful, um, you know, that if there are problems that, that we're aware of, right, in the church or anything, that we're bringing them to people that can do something about it. Um, you know, kind of in, in the way that this is described in the Bible, how this problem came to light wasn't necessarily, um, you know, the best way. And, and words that were similar to that complaint, that complaint word or grumbling or however you want to say it in different translations, um, have also been kind of referred to as being sinful. And so, you know, in a, in a diverse group of believers, you know, there are issues that can be um, exacerbated or um, kind of influenced by differences um, within people groups. Um, and this is an example from the early church um, that had just this radical church growth. Um, and, and so, you know, dis- issues dealing with, um, you know, again, these different people groups, you know, race and ethnicity have even impacted our church at times. Um, and, and we're not unique in that. You know, we see this separation in, in churches across the country. You know, they say that Sunday morning is often the most divided time in our, in our country. Um, but, you know, I do believe that, that we have a, a calling um, to look like the churches in Revelation where people of every nation worship together um, and, and kind of believe God together. And so, you know, I do believe that how we handle these issues, how we navigate these issues also testifies to our faith. Um, and, and so, you know, how do the apostles handle this? And kind of going into verse 2, um, and the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you Seven men of good repute, full of spirit and wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. And so, of course, you know, the, the apostles, you know, they recognized that it was a real problem. They acted quickly um, to kind of correct. How could we correct this administrative problem? But, you know, it wasn't the apostles' um, problem to deal with by themselves, right? It wasn't, you know, they, they called on their congregation. They called on the disciples to, to help step up. And, and help deal with the issues that were real or helped to impact the Hellenist and the distribution of, of you know, in that daily distribution. And so um, I think, you know, some lessons that we can learn is as we move forward um, inside of PIC and in our next congregations, um, that it's important that we just, 
you know, we don't depend solely on our church leaders to fix problems, but that we continuously work to equip ourselves um, so that we can help rise to the occasion, that we can exercise wisdom, so that we can take actions um, that help maintain unity inside the church. And because, um, you know, we want to be part of the solution, and, and issues like this can really cause havoc in the body of believers. Um, so that's the first point, um, just being committed to bringing, um, you know, unity in the church, and, and it kind of brings us into that second point, um, being committed to, to service. Um, so in, in verse 12, we'll kind of read this again, um, just so we can pull out something a little bit different. And the 12 summoned the full number of disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. So, you know, this doesn't mean that the apostles weren't, you know, committed to service. Um, they valued charity, they valued service, but, you know, this rapid church growth, you have thousands of people just being added at any time. Um, you know, that was overwhelming. I mean, that's just an overwhelming number. And so rather than them just, you know, serving in this capacity and using all their time to help the daily distribution, um, they, they figured that, that they could be better served by having time to preach the gospel. Um, so the apostles were committed to service. They understood its value. Um, but they also understood that they needed laborers in order to, to get this problem right and to help solve the issues that were impacting um, impacting their people. And so, you know, what, what would have happened had, you know, the apostles called this group together and, and nobody raised their hand to help out? Um, you know, the needs of the church wouldn't have been met. You know, there would have been just a lot of unmet needs. Um, and so the, the, the problem of the church required service from lay people. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, just, it just couldn't be the apostles alone kind of getting this done. It required laborers in the church. And I think in the same way, we have to be committed to serving and, and being laborers in the body. Um, and, you know, I believe that, you know, we all kind of understand that, that there's a stress and a weariness um, that comes from serving, you know, and especially at a small church um, over a long period of time, you know, just to be honest. But, um, and, and I believe that, you know, kind of as PIC comes to, to a close, um, that there may be a period of, of rest for some. But, you know, I also think that there's a challenge um, that doesn't, like, excuse us or lift the responsibility to, to kind of um, to serve, you know, the body and to be involved in, in wherever we are next. And I think that we have to guard against being invisible um, and, you know, and kind of skirt that call to, to get involved in our next ministries. Even if it's a, a huge church or, or, or whatever it may be, um, you know, because we're, we're still kind of called to help meet the needs of the church um, and our communities, right? And so kind of what was the result of this? And if we can go to verse 7 in Acts, um, if you got it. All right, and, and I'll read it from our paper. So, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith, right? So this is kind of the, the result of this service. So despite the fact um, that, of course, we you know we kind of talked about there were conflicts between the people groups in the church, um, the, you know, there was prior sin with Ananias and Sapphira, 
um, you know, persecution, the church continued to add disciples. Um, and I think that it's pretty awesome that the church continued to increase despite that um, widespread opposition. Um, and, you know, it says that a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And one thing that's kind of important to remember is that, you know, during this time, many of the lower-ranked priests were, were poor, um, and, you know, the service that they saw that was given to the widows at the time really helped make the gospel real to them. Um, and, you know, so the priests saw the church's service, their charity, as they cared for the widows under this newly appointed group or deacons or kind of however you call these, this group of seven. Um, and, and so, you know, sometimes I think there, at least, you know, there appears to be this tug of war between like personal faith and, and kind of like community engagement or however many words you kind of want to say. But, you know, I think the Bible is clear that both are important. Um, you know, you know, we, we talk about to make, um, to know God and to make him known. And, and, and one way that we can make him known is through our actions, um, what we do, how we serve, um, and being committed to meeting the needs of the church and meeting the needs of our communities um, and, and people outside the church is important with that. Um, so, you know, the first point, again, is uh, being committed to unity. The second point is being committed to service. Um, which leads me to the next point is being committed to learning the word of God. So um, we're going to start in verse 8. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians, and those from Sicilia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. So, you know, I think that the, the first thing um, to, to kind of remember here is, you know, who is Stephen? <laughs> you know, S- Stephen is a layman. Um, you know, he's not an apostle. You know, he didn't go to seminary. You know, he, he couldn't have dreamed of graduating from Regent. You know, he's <laughs> like he's like he's just uh, he's just a guy that was helping to make sure that widows were getting their daily distribution. That's who Stephen is. That's not one of the most visible jobs. It was just, you know, he was just a guy that was, you know, there was a need in the church. Um, And, you know, the Bible describes him as a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, but he's just a guy that helped meet the needs of the church. And so, um, you know, the word kind of says that he knew the word of God. He spoke with wisdom and authority. Um, and, and, and kind of like while he wasn't a, an apostle or full-time minister or anything like that, his, his service allowed others to preach the gospel. But yet he still had um, a deep understanding of the word. And, and so much so that he has one of the longest discourses in Acts. I mean, Acts chapter 7, I mean, is it, pretty long. And so I'm going to just summarize, you know, 611 through 750 real quick and, and you know, <laughs> you know so, so Stephen is up there he's speaking and um, there are some false accusations that are made against him um, you know he's arrested and, and brought before the Sanhedrin and this is this like it's like legal court of Jewish elders it's kind of like the supreme court of their community um, and, and he's kind of brought before them and, and, and they 
um, kind of ask him a lot of stuff. And he makes this long speech. Um, and he recites all these different parts of Old Testament history. He goes through Abraham, Joseph, Moses. He talks about Israel and their abandonment from God. Um, you know, so I think that it's pretty clear that he must have been diligent um, in learning the word of God for himself. Um, and so even in the midst of being seized, in the midst of being in front of this council, um, you know, he was still able to, to recall all of this content, even in the midst of, a, of an extremely stressful situation. Um, you know, personally, for me, it would have been extremely difficult, you know, for me to recall much, you know, when, when my life is on the line. Um, and so you kind of think, you know, you know when, when Stephen was already seized and, and brought before this council, brought before the Sanhedrin, you know, it would have been kind of late for him to phone a friend, um, you know, read a commentary, ask, ask for some notes from an apostle, you know. So he must have been diligent in learning the word, um, working to understand the scriptures. And, and I think that it's important for us, you know, to, to not only work to understand the scriptures in our hearts, but also in our minds. And, and I believe that it, that it will help us navigate trials and tribulations that come, that come, that come up. Um, and, and I believe that, that if we're really, you know, just honest with ourselves, you know, there, there, there are times in, in our lives and, 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 you know, I think in our church where I think that a, a lack of understanding the word um, has really made trials and tribulations a lot more difficult um, to navigate. And, and, and so I believe that we, we really have a personal responsibility um, to learn the word and, and to be diligent in studying that. And, and I believe that that shows in, in kind of Stephen and, and who he was. So, um, you know, the first lesson was being committed to unity in the church. The second was being committed to service. The third was being committed to learning the word. And, and this kind of brings up my last point, um, which is being committed to spreading the word of God that, that we kind of see in Stephen. So, um, you know, after Stephen was seized, right, and um, he's in front of these high priests, you know, you got to remember, he was, again, he was speaking about Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and told the truth about Israel and the repeated rejection of God. And this leads to him to this thesis statement that he makes in 51 through 53, um, which, is, which, is pretty, which is pretty incredible. Um, and I'm going to read that. So, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did... Your father is not persecuted, and they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. And so, um, you know, through all of that stuff in, 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 in you know, chapter 7 through verse 50, this part was um, kind of the final point, and, and Stephen let them know that they themselves were the ultimate rejectors of the law, and, and they killed the prophets, and now they're rejecting Jesus. And, um, you know, the parts after this kind of describe his martyrdom. And so as I mentioned earlier, Stephen, you know, he was the first martyr or, or kind of like the ultimate witness in the, in the early church. So we're going to go on to verse 54. Now, when they heard those things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. 
But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold his sin against him. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So, you know, as you know, we, we know that, that Stephen understood the word and, and kind of as he was being stoned, it, you know, he kind of made words and, and had prayers on his lips that were similar to, to Jesus as he passed. And, um, you know, Stephen was committed to kind of preaching the gospel and he knew, you know, in this situation in front of the Sanhedrin um, that it could cost him his life. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't really know why this, you know, all the reasons why this kind of horrific way to die was, was a part of God's plan for, for Stephen, for a man that was full of faith. Um, but, you know, I think that he really understood that um, to know God and to make him known, right, was, was, his, was the whole point of, 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 of what he was about. And, um, you know, that it's not about our, our property, it's not about blessings. I, th- I think, you know, those things are a means to an end. And I think that sometimes we can get... Um, you know, as Christians, as believers, a little bit lost in the in the name and claimant gospel or aspects of it, kind of believing that the blessings of God are the end in itself, um, and or the reason to believe instead of really understanding that, um, you know, those things are are like I said, just a means to an end, and and I believe that the that Stephen and the early church kind of understood that they understood their purpose. Um, was to spread the word of God and to make him known, um, even if it cost them everything. Um, going to, uh, starting at chapter 8, it talks a little bit about Saul. It says, you know, and Saul approved of his, ex- of his execution or his death. And so we know that Saul later becomes Paul, but this is something that really stuck with him. Um, so I'm going to continue reading to the end. And and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him, but Saul was ravaging the church. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. So, you know, as, as Saul was ravaging the church, um, you know, he was right there. He watched Stephen become a martyr. They threw the garments kind of at his feet. Um, and the church was scattered based off of this heavy persecution that was happening. Um, at the same time, you know, in, in 8 verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Or, you know, in mine it says um, they were scattered and they went about preaching the word. And so it's pretty clear that they understood their calling and their purpose and you know, certainly, you know, you know, our our dispersion isn't due to some significant event or it's it's not a due to a fracture or a problem with our body or anything like that. But I think that there's a lesson that we can learn because there is going to be a sending out of believers, right? Um, and, and so I believe that their actions are, are relevant in that sense just because as we go to different areas, different regions, different churches, whatever kind of life brings, um, to us, you know, we, we got to still be committed to spreading the gospel. Um, it, it doesn't mean that, oh, PIC is over. It's time to sit at, the, sit at home and 
um, just enjoy our Sundays in that way. But, um, you know, we still have a calling to, 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 to be engaged and spread the gospel. So um, kind of just to, you know, to close and kind of summarize everything up, you know, I, I do believe that Acts chapters uh, 6, 8 through 4 are, are pretty profound in the lessons that it teaches. And, and there's a lot that we can draw from it. I do encourage you to go back and um, kind of read through chapter 7 and kind of read through some of this um, for yourself. Um, but, you know, the, the four lessons, I, I think that being committed to, to unity in church, and um, I think that we have to understand that with any diverse environment um, that mirrors God's kingdom, you know, that, that um, there can be some conflicts that, that come along with that. There could be challenges, but it's not something to run from, um, but, but we have to understand how we impact unity in the church um, and, and how our actions kind of play a role in keeping the body together um, and how we all play a part in that. Um, commitment to service. Stephen is faithfulness served the church body um, and served the community. Um, you know, and, and, and that service helped to grow the church um, and point the way to God. And so that's not something that can just be discounted. Um, you know, there is a, 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 an importance to service that, that we have to recognize. Committed to, to learning the word of God. Um, you know, steeply, Stephen, excuse me, you know, deeply understood the word of God and he was very knowledgeable. And I think that, you know, these passages really speak to that. Um, and, and finally being committed to spreading the word of God. You know, the, the early church understood the importance of that call um, to know God and to make him known. And, and even in the midst of Stephen becoming a martyr and, and all of the, the heavy persecution that followed, they were still faithful um, in spreading the gospel um, and, and, and faithful for, to that mission and to that call. And, and so... Um, you know, I just think that there's a lot that, that we could kind of gain from that, understanding that. And, and as we go about um, kind of remembering those lessons and being committed to, to some of those same things. So, um, amen. So, all right. So, thank you. I guess I'll come up.